if those people are generating and helping you make money, then you, you know you're gonna bring it back. So I'll tell you my story was, we had $5,000, right? And that's what we hired. Hire the person to continue helping you make money. People are paying you, how do you get more people to pay you? And if you at capacity, hire to increase your capacity first. You're about to listen to the best of TSP. This is a collection of content from workshops and conferences that we've done over the years because we want to help you grow and expand your business. So do me a favor, lean in, pay attention, and listen now. I'm Kiara Shade Like Shmoney. I help small business owners learn how to grow and monetize their Instagrams completely organically, Lamar. <laughs> Cut on <up> my. <laughs> so my question is, um, so there's a lot of people here that's not hitting six figures yet. At what stage in the business, like, and how much money does the business bring in before we should start hiring? I hired my first person at $5,000. That's what we had $5,000. So, Break and I'll say now? this, I kind of don't say this all the time because I feel like it feels braggy, but our first six figures we did, so we joined the mastermind. And then, right, we started trying to figure out all the stuff that Lamar said, what's your problem, all that stuff. Once we figure some of that stuff out, um, we marketed. We did the six figures that we did. I think eighty-two thousand of that we did between September and December, right? But I hired another person, and the first contract we got was a five K contract. I was like, my rent is. I live in New Jersey. It's nineteen fifty. It was a little high, right? So I was like, this is this is what I need to live on. I got another two thousand dollars. I went and found a consultant that had HR experience like I did and asked her hourly rate. She was like sixty-five dollars an hour. I figured out how many 65s was in 2000, and that's how we grew. Because the other thing is, what y'all do is, and I don't mean to go in, but y'all hire for busy work. Y'all hire because your desk is full, because you got a lot of emails. That's just part of the journey. You're going to be busy when you start the business. So hiring to be less busy is just an expense in your business. If you're hiring, if you're saying people want organic um, Instagram, and there's somebody else that can get on Instagram and run them lives, or somebody that can manage your group, that person's generating you money. So like Lamar said earlier, well, this was yesterday, so y'all ain't see it. But with the idea around, right, if you was able to give somebody $20, right, for a dollar, how many would you give? It's the same concept, mm -hmm. right? If those people are generating and helping you make money, then you, you know you're gonna bring it back. So I'll tell you my story was, we had $5,000, right? You. And that's what we hired. Hire the person to continue helping you make money. If people are paying you, how do you get more people to pay you? And if you at capacity, hire to increase your capacity first. Yeah, I'm supposed to do okay. Hi, Joy. Um, Hi. My name is Shanta Thomas. I am um, I'm an accountant, and I help other black women be able to offer high-value accounting and tax services. So um, that was an excellent presentation. I always feel like when you talk, I have to grab my pearls because, oh, my gosh. <laughs> the information is just so good and so many things like I haven't thought about. One of my biggest questions is my business is all virtual, and a mm -hmm. lot of the women that I work with are 100% virtual as well. Mm -hmm. So how do you build that sort of camaraderie with your team if you're not all located together in one space? Got you, so my team is 100% virtual um, as well. Be yourself, like we're on Zooms. I think the other day we were having a debate about LL Cool J versus Method Man. Like it was, had nothing to do with work. 
<laughs> Method Man is there. I just want y'all to know. But we had like a debate about it, but it's, it's allowing people to be human on camera, right? So if every time you jump on a Zoom, you just talk about business and you logging off, then you're not going to be able to build relationships. So talk about non-work stuff. We do something called Fun Day Fridays, which one Friday a month, we just do games on Zoom. So we get on Zoom, we've done Pictionary, we've done all kinds of stuff. They get on with all kind of weird Zoom backdrops, and we kind of ask each other questions, we do Q&A. But you have to intentionally, the same way you build community in Facebook groups, right? It's virtual. You have to engage. So don't just meet to talk about work stuff, right? Maybe have a meeting that's just an event session or whatever so that you build interaction. The other thing is, make folks turn their cameras on. I don't know how y'all have meetings looking at that square with the words in it. Right? If you got a team, it should be an expectation that people look Nobody comes to the in-person meeting with a hood over their face. So why are you meeting people virtually and you can't see who you're talking to? Right? Make them turn it on. You have yours on. Right? And be okay. I've been on Zooms with a bonnet, with the team internally. So I've given them permission, t-shirts, whatever it is, but you want people to be able to show up and interact with you. So just figure out what it is. Okay. Have lunch together. Like, just do basic things that you would do in person. Just figure out how to make them virtual. Second part of that question is, what, what sort of frequency are you guys meeting? Are you meeting? What's, what sort of? Frequency are you meeting? Are you meeting, like, once a day as a team? Um, no, because that's a lot of meetings. So, it and it also depends on what's going on, right? So, we generally meet on Monday, and we have different meetings with different parts of the team. So we have a Monday meeting that's for something. We have a recruiting meeting that's on Thursdays. I'm not in half the meetings, so that's also, I'm not in all the meetings. Um, but there, we have different meetings for different things. We meet with clients. We meet about the client to get ready for the prep meeting. But our standard meetings are on Fridays. We do strategy meetings. Fridays, we only meet about internal operation process. How do we elevate internal processes? So that's all we talk about, strategy meetings. We may trickle some other things in. We meet in the middle of the week, and then we meet at the start of the week. But also, like, what are y'all meeting about? Because some people just be meeting to meet. So like, if the meeting doesn't have a purpose, people come onto your meetings like another meeting. So have an intention for the meeting, and try to keep meetings under an hour. Um, thank you for being here. My name is Sonia English, and I have YTL Financial Enterprises. And what I do is, um, I teach female entrepreneurs how to manage their cash flow with better business and tax strategies. Mm -hmm. My question is, how when you have employees, um, do, what level of accountability and do you um, hold them accountable for? Mm -hmm. And how do you implement that and what platform do you use to communicate with them, whether virtual or in place? So platform is up in the air. You can use Slack, like however you communicate, email, whatever. Mm -hmm. The accountability piece is what did you hire them for? Like what did their resume say that they could do, which is why you're hiring and paying them? Mm -hmm. And then what have you trained them on? Those are your two accountability places. So if I was hiring a bubblegum chewer, right, I expect that you got teeth and you could chew gum. That's a part of the role. <laughs> so I'm holding you accountable for that. But if I want you to learn how to chew certain types of gum, once I've trained you, then I'm holding you accountable to what I trained you on, right? So don't just say, I didn't train them. Sometimes we like, I didn't train them, so I can't hold them accountable. They came to you with a resume and said that they knew how to do a certain baseline of work, so they should be able to come in and do that, right? Then anything else you train them on is another layer of accountability. Fair? Fair. No? Yes. So now this is the other two-part question. So if you're already in it, for those of us that have already hired people, uh -huh. how do you course correct the process when you were the problem and it was your fault that you hired them to do 
maybe four things mm -hmm. because you wanted them to pick up on your stuff, mm -hmm. but they really don't have the capacity. So it's two things. You either let them go and apologize because you hired the wrong person, yeah. or you, reduce, you change the role. Like you have to modify the role to meet them where they're at, but you gotta do what makes sense for your business. I'm gonna say this though, we're not in business to employ people, we employ people to stay in business. So some of the stuff that you do, like if keeping that person doesn't help you stay in business, it's a hard decision. And if, 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 if you feel bad about it, that's good because you won't do it again. But that person unfortunately becomes a casualty, which is not what we want to hear and it doesn't feel good. So figure out a very gentle way to do it, but then hold yourself accountable to not create any more casualties. I appreciate that answer. Thank you for the spanking. Hope you enjoyed today's show. We drop new episodes every single week. So make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications. Enjoy the next episode.